0: Side Hustle Show, 88, six figures in six months with no inventory, no coding, and no selling. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now, your host, Nick Loper. Hey, everybody, Nick Loper here. Welcome to. The Side Hustle Show. Hope that 2015 is off to a rocking start for you. This, if if it's not already, this episode will get you going. This is episode 88 six figures in six months with no inventory, no coding, and no selling. So, what's it all about? It's about the surprising business of selling t shirts, which apparently is a $2 billion annual industry. We're going to talk about how to carve out your piece of that $2 billion pie. My guest is Benny Shu, who you may remember from way back in the archives, episode 17 of the Side Hustle Show, almost a year and a half ago. At that time, we were talking about his uh, his app development business, just doing smartphone apps and games. But when I ran into Benny at Podcast Movement this past summer, he, so I was rocking my Um, I was rocking my everyday I'm hustling t-shirt that I had made before the show and so we got talking about shirts and so he kind of mentioned that he had a new business, a new side hustle related to t-shirts and he's got this real soft-spoken style so I wasn't sure I'd heard him correctly when he kind of casually mentioned, oh I had actually just surpassed $100,000 like in the last five months from from this t-shirt thing. Wait, what? <laughs> so, and so I had to learn more about it. Um, fascinating, fascinating business. Um, in, in today's show, we'll learn all about Teespring, uh, teespring.com, which is a popular site for designing and marketing your own shirts. Um, we'll cover how to get design inspiration, where to find potential customers, how to minimize your risk in terms of your, your advertising spend if you're not selling directly to, to a built-in audience of yours. And how, how can this be a profitable uh, side hustle? How can we turn it into um, into a money-making scheme for us? Now, as is per the usual, I've compiled my notes and highlights along with Benny's top Teespring tips for you in a free downloadable PDF at SideHustleNation.com slash 88 or through the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. All right, let's do this. Hey, Benny, welcome back to the Side Hustle Show. Hey Nick, thank you so much for having me back on. You bet, you bet. I'm excited to dive into the, the T-shirt empire that uh, that you <laughs> built up over the course of this year. Um, can you give the overview of how Teespring works?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Teespring is basically like the like crowdfunding for T-shirts. So it's not like some of those websites where you see a shirt, you order it, and you get it. Uh, Teespring has a minimum goal that you set. And the lowest goal is is five. So if you set a goal of five shirts and then you launch your campaign, you need to get at least five shirts sold in order for the campaign to tip. And once it tips, then everyone who ordered a shirt will get charged. And then when the campaign is over, those shirts will go into print and get shipped out by Teespring. So – if uh, for some reason your, your goal isn't met, let's say four shirts were ordered by the end of the campaign, well then nobody will get charged and obviously nobody will get their shirts and, and, and sadly you don't make any money. But it's really a great way to sell shirts without any upfront cost because you don't have to have boxes of shirts sitting in your office or in your room hoping that people will order it. So you know, it only gets printed if the goal is met.
0: Okay, so zero, zero risk, zero cost to you as the, as the organizer up front, no inventory cost. It's just right. your time in setting up the, the, the campaign or setting up the, the design and then, you know, whatever your acquisition cost of trying to find those five customers is.
1: Yes, exactly. And, and, again, you know, Teespring handles everything from the printing and the shipping. So you're just in charge of uploading your design, setting the price that you want, uh, selecting the styles that you want to offer and the colors launching your campaign and then getting that campaign in front of the right audience that you want to sell it to
0: what were can you give us some examples of your like your early your early designs
1: uh yeah when i when i first started out i really thought this was going to be easy because <laughs> so many people love shirts and i thought i could make like a funny or witty shirt and they would definitely buy i thought so um, my shirts were geared towards, um, like sports at the beginning and trying to make them like funny shirts. I remember my very first shirt, it was a, it was a sports shirt and it was inspired by a shirt that this internet marketer had done. And, um, he put out a course on how to get started with Teespring. That's what I bought in order to learn about it. And the shirt, uh, I remember it said, this team makes me drink. <laughs> and this is a really popular theme that was going on. There was a uh, people selling shirts like this for all different sports and all different teams that were doing poorly. And so I remember that shirt I made was geared towards the Philadelphia 76ers in the NBA because I looked at the NBA at the time to see which team was doing the worst, and it was them. So I thought, well, let me make a shirt for their fans, and surely they would buy it, I, I, you know, I thought. But of course, nobody bought the shirt at all. I mean, in fact, they weren't even interested in the shirt um, before I ended up killing the campaign. And then from there, I just went and just tried and tested different audiences. Uh, I remember I made a shirt for coffee lovers. Uh, I made a shirt for lawyers. I even got into—I mean, this is embarrassing to admit—but <laughs> I got into like Miley Cyrus um, fans. You know, I was trying to—I was trying to target them because I felt they were passionate about Miley Cyrus. Either you love her or you really hate her, but um, I thought they would love a shirt that said like. I love Miley Cyrus. Shut up, or something like that, just to kind of say, "Hey, I'm proud to be a Miley Cyrus fan." But of course, nobody bought the shirt. It was a dud, um, and it was really embarrassing. Now that I think about it, but yeah, it took me a while to really, you know, get um, get an understanding of you know what type of shirts really work well, how to target, you know, how to really understand. What's selling? What you know? Finding the hot trends, and it took me, if I remember correctly, 21 different campaigns before I actually tipped my very first one.
0: I think that's a really, really important point to bring up. To uh, to sit there and have the patience to go through 21 times. What I mean? What was going through your head on the 22nd design? Uh-huh. Like this is going to be, you know, this is going to be a winner. This like how do you? I mean, were you getting closer, like with each campaign, to it tipping? Like, were you seeing some progress, or was just like, you know, what? Because you're spending money on advertising, yes,
1: right? Yes, I was. I was spending money on advertising, and I would spend an average of, I think at the time, ten dollars, which was my test budget. So I would make make a shirt, I would run one ad, um, and then I would set a budget of ten dollars per day. And once that budget got to ten dollars, I would see if I had made a sale or not. Now, if I had made a sale. Then that would give me an indication that okay this is something I want to keep on going. Okay. Um, there's there's potential interest here. Of course, if I sold more than more than one um, within the ten dollars, then that's a better indication. But if I got to ten and hadn't made a sale at that point, I would just kill the campaign because you know people really aren't that interested in it. I would move on to the next one. Okay. And I think um, in that first 21, my highest one, I think I got to was uh, three shirts, I think uh, three or five shirts. Um, so I was kind of close to tipping, but not really. But I was really pushing, you know, spending money on ads, you know, for the full seven days, trying to get to that magical number of 10. Because back then, the minimum goal was 10. But uh, now, okay, they okay. yeah, the, now they changed it to five, I should clarify that. Okay. Um, so that was my highest at the time. And I don't. I don't really think I was getting closer. Like I was, my numbers weren't increasing. I wasn't getting to like seven or eight or nine. I just was trying to. Okay, if I would fail the campaign, I would think, okay, well, this is not working. Let me let me do some more research. Let me let me you know let me try a different type of design or different different slogan, something different. And I would try. You know, I was basically bouncing around with designs and bouncing around to different audiences until I found a good one.
0: When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor indeed it's simple if you need to hire you need indeed the matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster and 93 percent of employers agree that indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites for my next hire If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty would you, so so you're out a couple hundred bucks, you know, of course these first 20 failed campaigns and it's not so much the 200 bucks. It sounds like it's more like the ego. It's like, I I was convinced this was going to work. I was convinced this design was going to be, uh, was going to be a success. What, like, I don't know if I have the patience to go through it, even even yeah. at the adult, like to, to be able to keep plugging, be like, ah, this isn't for me. This isn't going to work. Like, were you, were you doing all the designs yourself or were you hiring design help too?
1: No, I, I was doing all the designs myself. Um, I, I'm not an expert at Photoshop. I know the basics, but I've learned a lot this year just by, by using it. Okay. Um, and then sometimes if I needed graphics, I would go to websites like graphicriver.net and just buy, buy graphics that would that I could add to the shirts but, um, a lot of my shirts at the very beginning were just really text based shirts. Um, in fact, my very first tipped campaign was just, um, a phrase that I found on Instagram and it was just, you know, words. And I just typed those words with a really cute font, uh, and put it on a shirt and sold it to pediatric nurses. Um, there's a, there's
0: a niche.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there is a niche. And, um, uh, it was uh, one I had not tried before, but I had saw uh, another pediatric nurse um, just showing off her shirt on her Instagram. I thought, okay, well, that's a that's a cute slogan. It says, it said something like, if I remember correctly, um, "Our patients are cuter than yours." Oh, okay, so, yeah, it's kind of a cute, you know, fun saying. So I put that on the shirt, and I ended up selling, I think, twenty one shirts um, by the time I finished my campaign. And uh, my profit was a, a big whole 30 bucks. But <laughs> I was happy. I was so happy, so I finally tipped a campaign. And so most of my shirts from then on were just really just sort of text-based, um, funny slogans. Um, the, the next one I tipped after that was a um, spin-off of a popular shirt I had seen being sold. The, the popular shirt at the time was it said, "Feel safe at night, Sleep with a cop."
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: so, you know, that kind of has like a you know, double meaning to it. So oh, that's pretty funny. And it sold really well. So I just took that that phrase and sort of applied it to different uh, job professions. I tried different ones. And the one I really hit on was butchers. So I made a shirt. It said, feel safe at night, sleep with a butcher. And I had a picture I found um, from Graphic River. And it was a picture a picture of a butcher's cleaver, I think is what you call it, right? Uh-huh. They're their big ass knife. Yeah. So I had a picture of the knife, and it said, you know, that phrase on the shirt. And butchers loved that shirt. I mean, they were like, I love this shirt. It's hilarious. I got to buy it. I got to have it. And it ended up selling, I think, like thirty something. So I was getting better, and um, so I just um, was just doing my own designs and and just trying to find really hot trending shirts, and then trying to find out how I could, um, uh, you know, tweak it for different audiences.
0: Okay. Where, where are you going for inspiration to find the, the trending, uh, the trending, so on teespring.com, like, do they show you the, the top sellers or kind of all on private Um, pages? You,
1: um, well, teespring isn't really like, um, like an Amazon or eBay where you can go and see like all the shirts listed. Um, Mm -hmm. they do have a a place there. It's dot teespring.com forward slash discover where they feature some of the best-selling shirts. I'm not sure exactly how you get featured, but it's usually very popular shirts. Okay. So you can go there, and you can see some of the um, popular shirts. Um, there's, I'm just trying to think where else. Um, there's websites, like there's one called View. Um, I don't uh, know the exact URL, but if you type in T-E-E-V-I-E-W in Google, it will be the first result. And that's a place where... Um, they sort of gather all the different shirts that are on Teespring and put it onto one website. Now, when you go to TVU, you're going to see a lot of really, really bad shirts. <laughs> but if you use the filters and search, you can find out. Also, find out um, what shirts have tipped. So that's what you want to look at. You want to see, uh, you know, what shirts have tipped. Okay. Um, I think there's also um, you can go through Pinterest. Pinterest, there's like a Teespring. If you type in Teespring, I think maybe it'll bring up a bunch of shirts that people have posted from Teespring and pinned on their boards. So that's another way that you can do research. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you can go like yeah. Just, so those are just a few different ways that I can think of right now where you can sort of find out. What's doing well? What's what's hot these days?
0: And see so if you can pivot that to your to your own thing. Like the, yeah. the 76ers make me drink, uh, sleep with a butcher. <laughs> okay, yeah. stuff like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So just find what, you know what sort of because you know for a while too earlier this year, keep calm shirts were doing really really well. Okay. So um, you know keep so I started doing keep calm. Like uh, I made a shirt that did well. It said keep calm and let the barber handle it. So targeting, you know, barbers who cut hair and, and, you know, so the people would start doing like every single profession, just like keep calm and you know, whatever profession or keep calm and whatever hobby, just taking on that idea and just, you know, moving it to different audiences.
0: I'm totally doing a keep calm and hustle on one.
1: There you go. See that, you know, that, that could be a good one. You know, so it's keep calm shirts are so simple, but people really, really love them. Of course. As, okay. You know, yeah.
0: Okay, so are you like? It sounds like you're targeting primarily based on like occupation, or or more like on inter like the Miley Cyrus. So try targeting based on interest.
1: Um, I've I've done both. I've done job occupations, and I've also done interests. Um, I think it's easier to target for for job titles because in in Facebook ads, there's a section where you can select the job title you want to target for. So that's easier, I think, to, draw, to target. But if you target interest, I mean, there could be like 50 different interests related to, let's say, coffee lovers. Um, so it'd be hard, it's harder to figure out, okay, which of these interests has the buyers? Which ones are really interested in buying instead of just liking something? So okay. that takes a little bit more testing. But with job titles, um, it's easier, I find, to target.
0: Are there any restrictions on what you can? put on the shirt like maybe graphics wise trademark issues like i'm thinking with the you know with the 76ers example like that's a you know i assume like an nba trademark or something yeah
1: it's definitely a gray area and it's something you do have to be careful about especially with like sports teams uh you know there's their sports teams are very protective of their intellectual property So I've seen easily shirts, you know, that are like Green Bay Packers shirts or Mm -hmm. San Francisco 49ers shirts that that get taken down because, um, you know, they're using um, the 49ers in their shirt or they're using, you know, the logo or even if you just say San Francisco um, football with the colors. That could also be really, yeah, yeah. Even just using it's basically. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but from what I've learned, it's basically if you're confusing the consumer to make it think it's something that is official, you know, put out by the team, then that could be infringing upon their trademark.
0: Oh, okay. So be careful with that stuff.
1: Yeah. So be very careful um, with that stuff. So yeah, you um, you don't want to you know get into that. I mean, there's been some really um there's been some horror stories where i you know people have made like thousands of dollars in sales only to see it get suddenly pulled down because of trademark infringement mm. and so they lose you know all the potential profits and they've lost all those ad spend that they've made and they don't get it back so um be careful with that um, so, you don't want to do anything that will trademark, uh, infringement trademark. And you also don't want to do anything that's going to have a bunch of colors. I would say the maximum number number of colors is like four colors max on your design.
0: Is that just from reason, like a, you know, nobody needs like a tie-dye thing or just like for printing costs or?
1: It's, it's for printing costs because the more colors you add, the more expensive your base cost will be. Okay. And, um, you know, you don't want to charge like 30 bucks for your t-shirt. Usually... You might want to charge between 20 and and 25 for your shirt, depending on you know design and, and your audience. But the more colors you have, the more expensive it will be. Ideally, if you can keep it one color, then you're going to have a lower base cost, and you and if you charge 20 bucks for a t-shirt, you're going to have a bigger cut of the profits. So I usually keep mine between one and two. Um, sometimes three if it's necessary.
0: Okay, and so I'm glad you bring up the pricing thing. So you you have freedom to set the price as much as you want. You have freedom to set the minimum order at five or five or higher. Now, naturally, the more you commit to your lower cost per unit, your higher profit per unit, um, but you you still typically start at five as a minimum.
1: Right, exactly. Um, You typically start at five because that's the minimum that it takes for those shirts to get printed and shipped. But yeah, the, the more you sell... Um, the the more profit you get because that base cost gets lower and lower and lower. Okay. Right.
0: Is there a, a typical price point that you aim for, or a typical margin yeah. p- per shirt?
1: Uh, per shirt, I like to do at least eight bucks per shirt. Okay. Um, for price point, like if it's a, a one color like design, um, it's a t shirt. Um, I'll do maybe nineteen ninety nine if it's like a new audience I'm try- testing out. If it's an audience that I've sold to before, I know they're buyers, I may go up to $21.99 for a shirt. Um, usually, if it's two colors, I'll always go to $21.99 because um, it, it's going to cost more. So if I price it at $19.99, my, my profit's going to be less. So I try to go $21.99. Now, if I have a hoodie, um, hoodies are nice because um, you, get, you make more money through hoodies. So for a hoodie, I would price it usually at $39.99. Okay. And the profit for a hoodie can be anywhere from fifteen to eighteen dollars, oh, wow. depending on. Yeah, so it's a it's a nice it's a nice profit. So you'll see a lot of people. There's a lot of people actually selling hoodies uh, this winter, and who are doing really well because um, because of the profit margin for hoodies.
0: Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's winter. It's winter time. That's perfect.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: When you're when you're setting up your campaign, do you like place a, a dummy order, like a seed order, to make it look like there's some there's some activity already? Like, because it shows right how many people have bought it, and you need some. Do you need some social proof at the beginning?
1: Yeah, th- it does show like how many people have bought it. And when I first started. Um, I, I would buy my very first t-shirt for every campaign I started. And again, that was because I was led to believe that it was social proof. You know it would get people started. People would see, hey, someone already ordered it, so maybe I'll order it too. Yeah. but what I found out was that it really didn't matter. <laughs> so it was um, it was wasting time really to order it and then cancel it if I needed to. And just having you know one order, it, it it didn't really help sales. So, I stopped doing that completely and I haven't done it since then. I uh, I figured that and I've learned from experience that if people really want your shirt, um they'll buy it. Even though there's, you know, it's just started, it's just brand new, there's zero sales. If people want it, they will buy it.
0: Okay. Yeah. If I've never advertised on Facebook before, what's um <laughs> well, I mean, this is like a topic for like a complete, you know, you, could, you could have all entire podcast series on you know, Facebook advertising, but you know, what's, what are some of your best practices for, for setting up that first campaign?
1: Well, it, you know, Facebook advertising can be a beast because it's, it's massive. And, you know, everyone knows that Facebook has so much data on their users. So there's so many different ways that you can target and advertise to users on Facebook. Um, so, I mean, I would try to find, uh, find some sort of videos to help you just get started and understand ads manager, you know, how to use it, how to navigate it. And, um, I think, you know, uh, Teespring has a course out called university.teespring.com, which is a really great beginner course on how to get started with Teespring and get you through the process of launching your first campaign and, and best practices and, and launching your very first facebook ad so you know th- you know again like you said i mean this is could be like a whole other podcast episode because yeah. facebook ads is huge but um you know that's a really great way just to just to understand it because the first time you look at it you're gonna be like what is where are all these buttons where are all these little boxes i don't understand so it's good to get sort of a beginner's uh, point of view on it and then and then go from there
0: do you put uh do you put a picture of the shirt on the ad or do you put yeah. like something random on the Ad.
1: no uh, i definitely put a picture of the shirt on the ad um if it's a front and back i'll do the front and the back okay um if it's just um one side if it's just the front obviously i'll just put the front um if it's just the front sometimes i'll do like i'll do three different styles so i may put a hoodie uh a unisex t-shirt and like a women's t-shirt on the ad so, like, three – just to show the, the the audience, like, hey, there's men's and women's styles available. There's there's three different styles available. So, check it out. Okay. So okay. Because sometimes if you just do, like, a purple shirt for women, they might think, okay, well, only purple is available. But you, you're trying to tell them, no, there's actually hoodies and long sleeves and other styles and other colors. You know, come take a look. So, um, sometimes I'll do that. Um, but, yeah, I'll just um, – you know put the picture of the ad of uh, I'm sorry, the shirt, kind of put some scarcity in it, too. Let them know that it's only on sale for a limited time because it really is. I mean, when you set up your campaign, you set the you set how long you want it to last. either seven days, ten days, fourteen days. Usually I set it for seven days. That's sort of my sweet spot. Okay. Um, so seven days. And so yeah, just kind of put some scarcity in there. Let them know that you know um, it's limited time only. Um, uh, won't be around for, for long, just something to get them to, to click on your ad, go to your campaign page and hopefully they like it enough to, to buy.
0: Yeah, and if you if you've never advertised on Facebook before, you probably will be able to get a free advertising credit. Like a lot of times, I see you know free fifty dollars or free seventy five dollar uh, Facebook ads credit like through your web hosting company. If you've got that set up, or you can search around for a coupon code. So that's a way to kind of minimize your minimize your risk. I know someone in my uh, mastermind was doing that for for some of his stuff to like boost posts and and kind of mm-hmm. using up those credits. So that could be a good way um, to test it out. I had a campaign, so my second Teespring campaign. I was sure I was, I was sure this was going to be a hit, right? I haven't, <laughs> I haven't gone through my twenty failed campaigns yet, um, but it was. Uh, so I had a, a graphic commissioned on Fiverr. Actually, mm-hmm. had it was the third <laughs> the third attempt. The first couple came back; they weren't very good. But it was a picture of Pete Rose, uh, a silhouette of Pete Rose, like diving headfirst. And for you know, baseball fans, his like nickname is Charlie Hustle. And so I was targeting uh, people who. Uh, lived in Cincinnati, so they were okay. likely to be Cincinnati Reds fans, and uh, people who said they liked Pete Rose because there are a couple big like Pete Rose fan groups on Facebook, right? And and like nothing, like no no sales over the course. I think I spent like twenty bucks on the campaign, and <laughs> and no sale, a couple likes, but nothing uh, nothing too serious. Is there a a target? segment or like you know i don't know we can't analyze this like after the fact like why did this campaign suck like maybe the graphic wasn't good maybe the targeting wasn't that good Mm -hmm. but what do you is there because when you're dialing down like your your segmentation in facebook it'll show like oh you have a projected reach Mm -hmm. of you know 200,000 or or 10,000 like is there a sweet spot that you try and aim for
1: um, there isn't a sweet spot, but ideally, you don't want to get too big. You don't want to, you know, target to um, like over a million people or like two million people. You might think, well, yeah, my audience is two million people. That's awesome. You know, surely, you know, five people will at least buy a shirt. But <laughs> if you're targeting too broad, then then likely you're going to get your ad in front of the wrong people. So. Um, you know, I've sold shirts to audiences of like less than 5,000 and I've sold shirts to audiences over, you know, 500,000. So, um, I, you know, when I'm, when I'm starting out, I like to, you know, there really isn't a a nice number. I just don't like to go too big. I want to make sure, um, I'm more laser targeted at the beginning. And then if my shirt is doing really well, then sort of go broad. So let's say, for example, your Pete Rose shirt. Like I haven't really done, you know, research into the Pete Rose interest to see what's out there or fan pages. But you know, ideally, I would go and target Pete Rose fans first, and then you know maybe a certain age group. Now I find, you know, uh, the age group I usually test with is 25 and up first. Typically, people who are 25 have jobs, have income to spend <laughs> on shirts. Um, you know, someone who's 21. May not, you know. So um, I would start twenty five and up first, and, and then test from there. And then again with that Pete Rowe shirt, maybe I would start with males. I would start with guys. Right. Um, and then if the shirt started doing really well and people it was making sales, then I would do I would scale. And by scaling, I would do a different number of things. First, I would start maybe with uh, targeting different age groups. So maybe I'll go younger. I'll go to 21 to 24. Okay? okay. So maybe testing those out. And then I would target women, you know, women fans of those, um, women of those fans of those Pete Rose fan, uh, pages that are women. So maybe women would like it or maybe women know boyfriends or husbands who would like the shirt. So I would target them. And then I would go broader, like maybe target Cincinnati Reds fans, Cincinnati Reds pages, you know, things like that. So, um, but always when I start, I would start more with a laser focus and then go broad if I'm scaling.
0: Okay. Yeah. As, as you get some proven attraction uh, for the, for the design. And right. you, so, so uh, kind of on the other marketing stuff that I did. So I hit up, um, you know, some Cincinnati Reds, like beat writers and, and other like fan blogs on on Twitter and through their websites and stuff. And I got retweeted by by a couple people who had like, you know, 20,000 followers, which I thought was cool. um, And got like a couple email responses, but nothing, nothing else. So you primarily are on Facebook? Or do you do you reach out to other like influencers in your, uh, you know, in your niche that you're trying to target?
1: Um, I'm I'm primarily on Facebook, and I know the majority of the people who do Teespring are on Facebook. Now, everyone's always wondering, well, can I do Pinterest? Can I do um, Twitter? Can I do Instagram? And the answer seems to be, uh, they don't really convert as well as Facebook. Facebook is the monster. So, um, you know, yeah, there's different. You can, you know, you can do paid advertising on Facebook, or you can do like what you're doing. But instead, maybe reach out to let's say someone has a Pete Rose fan page with like a hundred thousand fans on there, right? Mm-hmm. You could contact that um, administrator, say, "Hey, I have a Pete Rose shirt. Um, wanted to see if you wanted to partner up. Maybe you can advertise the shirt on your fan page, and we'll go 50 on the on you know the profit." So in this case, you know, if that person says yes, you're you're getting your shirt in front of a, a targeted audience. You're not running any ads, which is great because nothing's coming out of your pocket. And anything that ends up selling, you're just splitting with that person because they already have a built-in audience.
0: Oh, that's cool. Is there yeah. is there a built in, is there a built-in like affiliate tracking system to to do that sort of thing?
1: Um, you can you can have a special link. Um, this uh, you can have a special link that you can create.
0: Oh, shoot, that's so you, cool.
1: Can, yeah, so you can track it. Or um, if, if it's just like, um, you know, if you just know you're only going to advertise there, then you can just, you don't really need a link. You can just see how many sales are made. But yeah, you can have a special link that you add at the end of your URL um, to tr- be able to track it inside your dashboard. Okay. So yeah, there's some people who I remember at the beginning who were struggling with paid ads. And so they would reach out to fan page owners and say, hey, I have a shirt. Um, would you like to partner up?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a cool way to do it. Uh, let's say, let's say your campaign tips you land on a winner. Do you and it ends after seven days, right? And then mm-hmm. do you run it again? Do you? Yeah. What do you? What do you do after that?
1: Um, great question. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Um, I would. I run it again depending on how many I sold. Now, and depending on how much of my audience I have left that hasn't seen the shirt. So, for example, if my audience was like 100,000, and by the end of seven days, only 20,000 of that 100,000 have seen my ad, then I would consider relaunching it because I'm trying to reach more of that you know, 80,000 that hadn't seen my ad at all.
0: Okay. And Facebook tells you how much that... Right. Okay.
1: Facebook will tell you your reach and also like your frequency. So, they have something called frequency, which shows you how many times your ad has been shown to your audience. So... Um, if your frequency is low, like one point something, that means they've only, let's say, those twenty thousand people have only been shown your ad one time. So maybe sometimes you know, I think there's like a number. It says like people need to be uh, exposed to something like seven times. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Right. So sometimes it takes you know a few times for. A consumer to see an ad before they decide to buy right so yeah it could be a smart idea to relaunch and it also for me depends on how many i sold like if i sold 25 shirts um maybe i won't relaunch it because you know there wasn't really a huge demand but if i sold over 100 shirts i'm relaunching that thing right away especially if i still have you know a bunch of audience that hasn't been reached yet okay yeah
0: no, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Do you do you ever like syndicate your your, your winning designs to some other service? Because it's like if you put it on um, Cafe Press or something like that, like it's going to be lower. You know, obviously yeah. a lower, lower profit per sale. But now people can get it. You know, it's evergreen, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can you can definitely upload it to um, one of those other T-shirt you know printing services and and put it up there and just get maybe organic traffic. People who go to those websites. And search for particular type of shirts, and then see yours, and then buy it. But yeah, definitely you can you can post it on on a number of websites like that, and and just get you know people buying it that way as well.
0: Seems like you know one. If you had a hit, you might as well try and try and milk it.
1: Yeah, you you try and milk it, and then also if you can you know scale it to other niches. So you can if you can like tweak one or two words. Then, then that's ideal, like like that shirt I was talking about at the beginning, you know, feel safe at night, sleep with a blank. <laughs> um, you know, I, I tried one for, you know, people, I've seen nurses, like feel safe at night, sleep with a nurse, mm-hmm. okay? So that's another idea. And I've seen shirts that said, feel smarter in the morning, sleep with a librarian <laughs> or sleep with a teacher or, you know, oh, okay. things like, yeah. So you kind of, okay, well, what can I do? How can I make it different? Who can I target? So – it's just, you know, sometimes you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just take what's what's hot and then tweak it a little
0: bit. Yeah, I like that. So rip, yeah. rip, pivot, and jam from the old yeah. uh, Lifestyle Business Podcast, guys. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. So if people want to learn more about this, you mentioned uh, com. Any any place else they should check out?
1: Um, I think that is a really great and comprehensive resource to get started. And the best part about it is it's completely free. It's it's created by the the team at Teespring, so um, they want people to sell shirts, so they're going to give you some of the best you know, content to get you started. Um, other than that, you know, there's there's Facebook groups around um, around Teespring, so like people have created their own groups um, where you can get in there and, and talk with other Teespring sellers, ask questions, um, you know, and read about. Know, you know, their experiences, you know, their tips, their advice. That's how I learned mostly, you know, everything I know about Teespring was through Facebook groups because the course that I bought was just really it was a really a basic course. It's like, Okay, this is how you get started. But I really needed to learn more about Teespring and about Facebook advertising. Okay. And I learned a lot by these different Teespring groups.
0: Yeah, this is cool stuff. Like, if if you like, I feel like if you can if you could crack the code on the Facebook advertising, you know, selling a shirt for eight dollar profit is just like the very, very beginning of of, of you know oh. your evil um, you know Mr. Burns laugh. Uh, could, could be like, you know, what what can you do with this with this power? You know, with with great power comes great responsibility. Um, fun stuff, fun stuff. Benny, um, thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, everybody, you got to check out the Get Busy Living blog. It's Get Busy Living blog dot com to, uh, to keep up with everything that benny's working on we'll uh we'll wrap things up with your uh your number one tip for side hustle nation um uh,
1: my my number one tip would be to take a chance because when i started with teespring it was i just took a chance with it it was something that came up to me you know came up on my on my screen, my newsfeed actually. Mm-hmm. I was like, well let me check this out. And I listened, you know, I learned more about it. And I was like, well let me just try it out. Let me see, you know, what's gonna happen. I didn't really have huge goals for it. I didn't know if I would succeed, if I would fail, but I just tried tried it out. And it ended up um, you know be literally changing my life this year. I mean I've 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 made more money this year than I ever have uh, before in my life. I bought a new car this year, thank you to Teespring. I've been able to travel so much this year because this type of business I'm able to run from anywhere. And it was all because I took a chance. Now, you know, maybe I tried it out and I didn't like it. Well, that's fine. Well, at least I tried it out. I could move on and try a different form of, you know, making money online. But at least I knew I gave it a
0: shot. 20, 20 shots, we should say.
1: Yeah, 20. 20- <laughs> 21 shots before i hit my first profitable and i know it's hard because there's a lot of beginners i I read online who was like man i've i've sold three i've had three campaigns and i haven't sold a shirt yet this is really frustrating and i know it can be frustrating but yeah it's just but i don't know something and something inside me was just kept pushing me towards teespring like even though like there would be times like okay maybe i'm gonna go back to apps maybe I'll, i'll stop doing teespring I would always think, okay, one more one more campaign, you
0: know? <laughs> It's like a drug.
1: <laughs> it is. It really is. It's like, okay, one more time. Let me just see you know what's going to happen. And it would just it just kept going and going. So even though I, I had thoughts of quitting, I, I just get, got you know kept getting pushed towards Seaspring. and I'm, I'm glad I stuck with it. Um, and, and um, you know great things have happened.
0: Yeah, very, very cool side hustle, like Benny kind of explained, hey, you know, dump 10 bucks into it at a time and, yeah. you know, then shut it off if it's not, if you're not seeing any traction. So low risk and, uh, and potentially very high, very high reward. So thank you so much and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, Nick. Thank you so much for having me on again.
0: You bet. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is brought to you by my inner circle mastermind. This is an intimate group of four to six fellow entrepreneurs and side hustlers who come together with me on a weekly basis to share resources, get honest feedback and direction on their businesses and to hold each other accountable uh, to our goals. So if that sounds like something that would be uh, worthwhile for you, that would be the kick in the pants to uh, to get your year off to a hot start, I urge you to stop by sidehustlenation.com slash join to learn more and submit an application and we'll schedule a quick intro call or shoot me a note with any questions. That's cool too. It's Nick at sidehustlenation.com and capacity is limited by the very nature of the thing and uh, and groups are forming now for mid to late January, probably one to two groups of uh, four to six again that's side hustlenation.com slash join so i'm i'm fascinated by this teespring business model i mean who doesn't who doesn't love a funny t-shirt but um so, so this is something i might be playing around with uh, a little bit more this year uh, despite my last campaign which was a failure i've got some i don't know i've just got some design ideas bouncing around in my head that are probably horrible but <laughs> maybe put it out into the marketplace and see what happens but what do you think? Like, is this worth a shot? Would you have the stomach to sit through 21 failed money-losing campaigns before hitting the winner? I don't know, man. I don't know if I could do it, but but let me know what you think and be sure to grab the uh, the free PDF download with all my notes and highlights along with Benny's top Teespring tips at SideHustleNation.com slash 88 or through the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. And that's it for the show. Thank you so much for listening. Happy New Year again. And until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll see you next week in episode 89, Hustle On. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.